0: I really wanted to present faith as a positive thing, something that has rewards, that it's not just going out there blindly. When you're praying, it's not that nobody answers. Faith is always a good thing. You never accomplish anything without faith. You have to have faith in what you're going for or you're never gonna succeed. I think I hopefully communicated that through the book too.
1: welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast the thought leader revolution i'm your host Nikki the and boy do we have an incredible exciting guest lined up for you today this gentleman has been called the leading hispanic voice in science fiction he is a prolific author who writes powerful novels with classic themes traditional culture good versus evil and he's unapologetic about it. In an age of wokeness, he's decidedly unwoke. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary John Delarose. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me on
0: here. Really appreciate it.
1: And it's great to have you here, my brother from another mother. Really, really, truly an honor. So, John, um, I tell you, I've really been enjoying reading your books. You're a terrific writer, and uh, uh, I, I really, really love What you do. And I just want to ask you, how'd you decide to become a writer?
0: It kind of was just something I've always dabbled in doing. I started writing my first book, which ended up uh, The Stars Entwined for people who have read or are interested in reading. I started writing that when I was 18. And I just kind of was writing it in my classes instead of paying attention. And uh, I I was like literally handwriting it. uh, And I just had the idea and thought it was a lot of fun. I continued that. For years, I just, you know, I wasn't serious about it. So I'd, I'd do it a little bit here, a little bit there. And um, eventually, like, I finished it, like, around 2010. And I was like, wow, I finished a book. And uh, from there, it got a lot easier. Uh, so you, when, once you kind of done it once, you do it again, you do it again, it just becomes a rep thing. It's, you know, it's like lifting weights, right? The first time you yeah. do it, you're real sore and you never want to do it again. And uh, and then you know then then becomes a habit and it's a good thing for you, so it just naturally developed because I enjoyed doing it. I guess
1: that's fantastic. And when did you know that this was a real thing? You you had a career going here.
0: It was interesting. So I kind of got into uh, RPG games, and I was writing some background flavor for card games and RPGs and things like that. And uh, this this company, uh, White Wizard Games uh, ended up calling me and talking to me about star realms, which is their, their card game. And it's an app, hundreds of thousands of people play it. And we started talking and I'm like, you know, you've got a really good game here. I could, I could like do a background novel for it or something like that. And they really liked the idea. So that came out, that was a tremendous success. And it was about that point. I'm like, oh, I think I can do this.
1: That's amazing. So, I've read a, a bunch of your books. Uh, I really love your Nano Templar series. Your character, Drin, is fantastic. And um, thanks. I, I'll tell you, when I read the book, I just thought to myself, the guy who wrote this, you know, he's definitely not one of these politically correct types, right? Because <laughs> you, you, you read these books and you go, huh, I wonder who in our planet is like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it was, it was just lovely to see you write such a very powerful book with such a powerful series of themes. And, uh, you know, your, your Baron von Monocle series are also a lot of fun and, and, and your Arche and War, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, Arshea and War series.
0: Yeah. Arche that's the, that's the one I was talking about with the stars
1: and twine. Arche yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's, that's really good stuff too.
0: Thanks. Yeah, the uh, it, it's interesting. They they kind of explore different themes. Um, you know, the the Arishan one. Uh, originally, originally I put Arision, which is A R I S I A N when I was writing it as a kid, and I liked the way that looked as a as an alien name. <laughs> That's basically the only thing. <laughs> uh, but then I realized that that uh, was like the main aliens in the Lensman series from the 1930s Once I you know became a little more knowledgeable about. Uh, science fiction literature and all that and I was like, oh cool. geez, so I had to change it real quick and now now it's a little less easy to kind of know how to pronounce just uh, off off the top of it but that's the story behind that name right there. Uh, but yeah, the nano Templar series the same thing it's like uh, I really wanted to present faith as a positive thing and faith as something that uh, has rewards uh, at the end of the day for it and that it's not just going out there blindly that when you're when you're praying it's not that nobody answers uh we there, there's a little too much of that in our culture and i think it comes uh from this like nihilistic bent a lot of people have these days um but prayer is good it's powerful it works faith is always a good thing you never accomplish anything without faith no matter what it, no matter what you believe in uh you you have to have faith in what you're going for or you're never going to succeed uh and i think uh i i think i hopefully communicated that through the book too
1: you did you did very powerfully in my opinion you know, one of my favorite favorite science fiction writers of all time is is the late great Robert Heinlein, and what I really love about Heinlein's books is that his books are message oriented books as well. I mean, if uh, a Stranger in a Strange Land, powerful book, extremely powerful book, absolutely. The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, powerful book, powerful book. Starship Troopers, powerful book, and all of those books were message oriented books, and they basically were books that presented conservative themes, traditional themes, in a very powerful, positive light. I mean, The Moon is is a Harsh Mistress is basically about a libertarian revolt on the moon. Uh, You you know, and one of the things that uh, strikes me about that book is how that book has some powerful parallels to the world that we're currently living in right now. You know, people are looking at what's going on uh, around the world in, in, in this whole uh, 2020, 2021 pandemic or scamdemic situation that the world has seen. I mean, there's many people who believe that the pandemic was a real thing. And, and you know what? If you look at the science of it, sure, it was definitely a real thing. But it wasn't this world-ending threat to humanity that they made it out to be. And they used that in order to scare and cow people to be able to exert greater control over them. And this didn't just happen in the United States. It happened all over the globe. And, and I think about that and I go, wow, man, a guy like John Delarose, I mean, he's like the new Robert Heinlein, man. He should be writing books about this, you know, inside of a science <laughs> well, fiction thanks. and putting it out there.
0: Thanks so much. Uh, I think Heinlein got away with a lot of what he did in mainstream publishing culture uh, because he not only did he have, you know, you read those books and, and it's like, oh, this rings true and it's really nice but there's always something weird in his books. You always have these, uh, these like, uh, relationships where it's like, you know, 20 people are married to each other and having weird orgies and things like that. And so I think he got away with it because of that. Uh, and I think people like saw that in the New York publishing industry and were like, Oh, that's, and, and that made them ignore the other messaging. So he kind of just like, uh, ha- had had both sides going in that he sort did. of way, sure and <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Moon is a harsh mistress. is one of my favorite books uh, of all time, uh, and so, uh, but but that definitely always made me uncomfortable when I saw that. And, and the really, the publishing industry does not let you just have traditional values across the board. Uh, it's it's really sad, but Amazon, bizarrely enough, the evil corporation that it is, is the great equalizer, and that I can just put up whatever I want myself. And, uh, and nobody bothers me. So, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to keep doing. I don't think I'll do anything directly related to the pandemic. I I had a thought about a, uh, maybe a a science fiction novel with a, uh, a pandemic sort of theme, uh, you know, three, four years ago, but it's too on the nose right now. And I, I, it doesn't sound fun. Like I don't want to think about the flu anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, there could be some interesting ways to do it, man. Um, (laughs) instead of being a pandemic it could be these uh these little creatures that go burrow themselves from outer space (laughs) onto planet earth (laughs) and they start destroying all our crops
0: (laughs) you can do things with sci-fi and and that that's what makes sci-fi fun uh but i i definitely uh am am exploring themes of uh you know mind control government control corporate control those sorts of things because uh i think i i think all of these things are just a symptom of that uh, at the end of the day, and uh, that—that's really what I, you know, want to fight back against and push back against in my work.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. It's really, really, really good stuff. You know, your your work is fantastic, and I got to tell you, I mean, listener, you you got to check out John's books. They are just so much fun to read and so easy to read. You know, I just finished glorified, and I think I, I read the book in three days. And you know, I run a business and I got kids, so that's pretty good. Uh,
0: thanks. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, and I, I went a a tad uh, experimental towards the end of that. I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but
1: no, don't. you know,
0: uh, I, I really wanted I wanted a big payoff for faith. Uh, and I also, you know, just started thinking about, you know, sort of the the, the rapture and revelation and things like that. And I, I wanted to uh, incorporate that into science fiction and and make something interesting out of that. So I, I I'm really proud of I think that book out of the series in particular because it it really is a whole different level. Uh, uh just of depth uh in terms of of going into that sort of uh, religious uh, experience there and uh I'll leave it at that because again otherwise it's just going to spoil the whole series <laughs> no it's good it's good stuff
1: yeah. it's good stuff i really like it uh i'm looking forward to reading some of your uh, some of your other books um i think um we need a voice like yours in fiction today because there's so much garbage out there in new fiction. I mean, the stuff they're putting out there, I'm looking at it and I'm going, there's no way I'm paying two cents to buy this book. (laughs) You know?
0: Yeah. There's, there's a lot of other great authors out there too. And I, I, I love to try to give props to those guys. Uh, also Richard Fox is another one who's just, uh, writes wonderful, wonderful books, uh, that, you know, he, he sometimes explores these themes, sometimes not, uh, Robert Crusey does a lot of, uh, of, uh, books from that sort of libertarian angle that, that you mentioned with Heinlein too cool so uh yeah there's some up and coming folk that uh that I'm definitely uh proud to be it feels like it feels like a real movement it doesn't doesn't just feel like it's just me it's kind of nice. no it's
1: good it's good stuff um I had uh Gene Michael Hoth on the show um he wrote The End he's the fellow mm. who who um wrote the poem uh hard times create strong men strong men create good times oh, nice. good times create weak men weak men create hard times so Terrific, wow. yeah
0: that's a famous one right there yeah he wrote yeah. that poem so that's amazing i' yeah,
1: will send you um i'll send you uh i'll send you the episode i did with him i think you'd, you'd enjoy listening to it it's it's a lot of fun but uh you know he writes a lot of uh apocalyptic novels and they're a ton of fun to read as well and he's he's written almost 40 novels i mean it's pretty crazy uh if you think about it and i you know i've always wanted to write my own novels i've written a bunch of non-fiction books that i've self-published and i was i, I was telling uh jeff uh, on the interview i said hey man i've always wanted to do this you know and he said you should do it and then offline he said listen i'll write a book with you and i said really yeah he says yeah you're a pretty cool guy oh, cool. so anyways we started writing a book together and um my job was to do the first draft. I've completed the first draft and then my job's to do the first proofread. <laughs> so I'm doing the first proofread right now. I'm about 2 thirds of the way through the proofread. I'm, I'm very excited about it. It's pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool. Good for you. That's awesome to hear. Thank yeah. you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. It, it,
1: it's it's a pretty cool thing. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to give it away on the show, but yeah, I'll talk to you about it offline. I think it's pretty cool and Sure, thank You know, keeping our fingers crossed that it'll be a successful book. So, John, when it comes to writing books and finding an audience for it, I'd love for you to chat a little bit about that. What's it like for you to find an audience for the work that you do, the people that love the types of things that you write about?
0: It's really hard. (laughs) Um, And and you find very quickly that uh, just because readers read one series doesn't mean they'll go through and read all of your series. And that's particularly tough for somebody like me. I'm I'm pretty ADD when it comes to what I want to write, and what I want to do. Um, I always tell authors, like, the best way to really succeed is to have just one series, just keep plugging away at it, make it 9, 10, 11, 12 books. And eventually people come in. And, and what happens is uh, when, when somebody comes in, 20, 30% of them will just go through and buy the entire series right off rather than just buying the first book. And when you get that, you know, of course, it, it's an exponential thing. If you have if you have one book, that means people are buying one book. If you have three, it means somebody bought three books, and you get that. If you have nine, it means somebody bought nine books, and that that uh not only gives you a, a huge dollar sale up front, which is very useful for surviving, but it it uh it you know if somebody's going to go through and read nine books of yours at that point, they're going to be pretty loyal to you. So uh, you want to cultivate more of that uh, than you do anything else, and you do that by being very consistent within the same thing. Now, I have totally not done that. Uh, I have not taken taken my own advice, and uh, I've got my steampunk. I got my my stars and twine series. I got the nano you know, templars, and then I write a bunch of comics too. So I'm I'm just so all over the map uh, that it's tough because uh, I I just want it like I just get in my head like I want to write something that I want to write, and uh, that's not always the best business uh, way to do things. <laughs> right right now, I'm writing a romance novel, and uh, that is. Definitely not my typical readership, uh, and so it's going to be a, a direct non-science fiction set in twenty twenty one romance novel.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: and is that a good idea with my current readership? Absolutely not. Uh, but I just feel like writing that right now, so it's it's a balance between the two. I think uh, what I spend time doing on the flip side is I try to get people to check out the work. Um, I've got a nice newsletter set up on my website where you'll get a you'll get a full graphic novel from me. You get a full novel from me. Get another story from me, so you get a good sampling of everything I do, and you can read from there. And you'll be on the newsletter, so then I can tell you when I got new releases and things like that. And I'm hope I I hope like somebody grabs all three of those things because they're such different genres, and goes, oh, this guy can write no matter what it is, and it's still enjoyable. I trust him to write a romance novel that will still be good and, and still be interesting, right? And so that's that's my attempt. <laughs> It works a little bit, uh, but again, if 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 you're consistent and you just stick in the same sort of lane, uh, you tend to do better out the gate. I think I spend a lot of time also just cultivating audiences, like through YouTube, through Twitter, uh, and Gab, and and uh, and you know Minds or other alternate social media I use. Uh, and I do that because um, you know I'll, I'll, people people want to interact at this point uh, in in culture they want to kind of get to know you before they kind of go invest in, uh, you know, random product. So I think that's another thing uh, for just the business. end that's just super crucial. And I I don't know, I probably spend more time doing that than I do writing at this point. Uh, and that tends to work, uh, really well for sales. So that's, uh, that's really where you cultivate things. And that's, that's where you get people and you say, look, these are my values. My values are in my, my stories. If you like that, you're probably going to enjoy this. And that, uh, I I think that's
1: a handy way to do things. Pretty cool. That's pretty darn cool. Um I think your your works are so fantastic that readers, people who enjoy reading books are gonna are gonna get to them once you get enough of them to know who the heck you are. And it's cool that you do stuff on a self-published route, you know. But there are some um publishing houses that share your values. I mean, I'm thinking of Regnery fiction as an example. Um mm-hmm. and they're um uh, there are some imprints, uh, Christian imprints, that I think would be interested in some of the work that you have too. So you know, it's not a bad idea to yeah, try t- some of those. I've roots. talked
0: to some of them. I have, um, I have some of my books published through a company called Silver Empire. Yes. Um And uh, honestly, I, I just do that to try to help their business because they align with my values, and I I want to help people who align with my values and kind of build a community. I think that's important. Um, but I, I met, I actually met and I sat down with a Christian publisher who's a fairly big publisher. I won't name them, uh, about two, three years ago. Uh, and we, we were at a conference and we got a drink at a bar and just talked. And I was like, you know, I've got these books that are going to be very Christian coming out. Um, and I talked to the guy and he's like, well, that's, that's cool. And, and I'm like, I, I know they're going to sell. Right. And, uh, this is, this was actually talk about justified. And uh, justified uh, was a number one bestseller in Christian science fiction, and uh, twice now uh, it actually hit again last month and up to number one. So it sold very well. Any publisher would be stoked with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but when I talked to the guy, um, the, the unfortunate business reality right now is he's like, "Well, I might be able to get you into a couple bookstores, you know, which is kind of nice for bragging rights." But like, you know, at the end of the day, you put a book in a bookstore for ten bucks. The distributor sells it for five bucks. The publisher sells it for two bucks. You get 15% of that after the printing costs and all that. So you're really getting, you know, 10, 20 cents per book sold uh, on that sort of platform. So it's nice that it's there, but it's really just an ego, an, an ego thing. It really doesn't help you in terms of finances or, or really gaining a lot of readers because not a lot of people, frankly, go to bookstores at this point. Uh, so at the end of the day, at the end of that discussion, he's like, I would love to do this, but like, I just don't see how. You're going to be happy because I'm not going to actually end up being able to help you that much. Uh, and that was an interesting and kind of sobering look at the publishing industry. Uh, that you really don't necessarily need a publisher. Don't really need to go that route. Uh, if you have no following or whatnot, that might be a little bit a different thing. But uh, when you have, uh, you know, sort of a medium following like I do, uh, the publishers don't really add a lot of value. It's very, it's a very bizarre setup right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it'd be cool if they could get you in every bookstore in the country, I guess. But I guess that's not so easy to do these days.
0: Not so, you know, not, especially not with uh, with like religious science fiction, right? Um, maybe it's different with my romance novel I'm about to do. Uh, I don't know, but uh, again, I'm just going to self publish that anyway, so it's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. There you go. So that's that's the deal. Self publish is the way to go. That's what I'm hearing from.
0: I think so. Authors. I try. Yeah. I try. I try to push that. I don't want to hurt any of my like small press friends again, cause like I do, I do go through, you know, one of them to kind of help them. And as, as a new author, uh, you know, again, you, you might not want to pay for a cover and an editor and all that yourself, or it might not be able to, I mean, it's a couple thousand bucks per book to be able to do that at a professional level. Uh, so, you know, there, there is value there for, for smaller authors perhaps, but, uh, you know, once you get a following, it, it just gets tough, uh, for somebody else to really help you on that level, especially, uh, I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't like to split the, split the profits, you know, it's nice, uh, nice to get everything that's, at the end of the day. No question.
1: No question. Well, that's, that's good to hear. That's good to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. righty. So you got a
1: romance novel coming up. What else you got on, on, on the horizon?
0: Let's see. I've got the eration War book three, uh, which is done. And, uh, I've, I'm waiting on my cover artist, uh, right now. Um, that's, that, uh, that'll probably be out in the next month or two assuming my cover artist is alive. <laughs> um, and I've got several comic books that coming out. I just did ran a, a, a indieGoGo campaign for one called Dave's Volt, which is a uh, sort of religious fantasy. So it's where justified was a religious science fiction. Uh, this, this, this kind of hits that from the fantasy angle. It's very, very different though it also features a crusader uh, protagonist. So uh art's beautiful on that done by Jesse White who is like probably my favorite artist out there right now and that made a little over $25,000 on Indiegogo so that's uh cranking along and I'll be uh I have to ship all those out very shortly cuz uh Indiegogo you have to kind 000, of do that yourself That's not bad
1: buddy that's pretty yeah. good
0: <laughs> Thanks very good uh, we'll have another uh we'll have another one as soon as I ship that out we'll launch our next one which is going to be uh uh, a, a science fiction called Overmind, and that's all about uh, the peer pressure of social media, the mind control that you know, sort of the news outlets kind of give on people, and then having, right having to fight against that. So, uh, so that definitely, I definitely want to push on the message of groupthink being bad uh, because I, I really, really, that's like my major, major thing I like to fight is is the groupthink. Uh, so, uh, I hope that one does well also. Uh, And then after that, I'll be probably I have to finish up my Von Monocle book six uh, and uh, which I'm in the middle of writing also. Uh, And then then we'll see where it goes from there.
1: Yeah, your Von Monocle book. uh, I read the first one in the Von Monocle series. I haven't ordered the other ones. I actually bought two copies. I gave it to my my better half's niece and she was excited to get the book with strong female protagonist. Uh, my favorite books so far are your uh nano templar series. But I, I I did like God, I forget the name of the book, but uh the one where there was the gentleman who was um the governor of North America and resigned his position and went to the New World.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a fun book. Thanks. Yeah,
0: it's called Colony Launch. Colony Launch. That's uh, it. Uh yeah, that, that was that that one was that was cause of kind of my attempt at trying to make the Heinlein feel. So because uh, yeah. he always had like Going off to a new world and all that, and and sort of the political ramifications of how all that worked. Uh, and I, I wanted to deal with that. I wanted to deal with the government bureaucracy trying to trying to slow them down. <laughs> uh, you know, we had a uh, we had a, 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 I, I also thought the concept of that character that it, it really started from there. I was just thinking, you know what? What if like somebody in high power like just said, this this whole thing is so corrupt. I'm not going to do it anymore. You know, and went out and just went on TV and, and told everybody that and just said I'm out. Uh, I could never imagine anybody in that powerful position doing that for real. Uh, and so I was like, it would be so cool if somebody really had the principles to do that. And it would be, and, and you know, I I opened the book. I'll I'll spoil it a little. Uh, it it really didn't impact anything. People just kind of threw him under the bus, and yeah. he just kind of <laughs> had to find his his uh, his purpose again. Uh, and that's I think that's how it would work. I really think the media would just poo-poo the whole thing. You'd you'd kind of get depressed in that situation, and then then have to pick yourself back up on your bootstraps and try something else. Uh, and that you know that's. A, I tried to have like a realistic like how did that how would that go for real uh, in, in that and the in the book really developed from there because of that.
1: Yeah, it's a brilliant book. It's a brilliant book. Thanks. A lot of fun to read. Great themes associated with it. I got to tell you, to me, fiction really ennobles the soul. As far as I'm concerned, great fiction writers help put us in touch with the noblest part within us because they bring messages to us that teach us things that our soul deep inside already knows, but it, it's been hidden from our view. And all of a sudden you read a beautiful piece of fiction and, and it just comes up and you go, yeah, this is right. This is good. And it makes you feel like you're a better person because you you got to experience that story. And Colony launch really helped do that in a very powerful way. Uh, you know, it, it, just fantastic, just fantastic.
0: Yeah, I, I, I uh, that's that's definitely something I, I believe as well. Uh, exactly what you're saying, and it's just been it's been tragic reading, you know, science fiction books over the past twenty years where there aren't real heroes, there aren't people doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing. It's it, it's like everybody just wants to try so hard to be edgy and. And dark all the time. And it's like, that, that doesn't, that doesn't give you that fulfilling uh, feeling that you're talking about no. there. So uh, definitely about bucking that trend also.
1: Yeah, man. Stories need to have a good guy and a bad guy and a conflict.
0: The <laughs> good guy and a bad guy need to
1: need to duke it out. And at the end of a good story, good guy wins, bad guy loses. And the good guy gets to go. Seems pretty That's simple. It. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you just solved uh publishing's problems right there. <laughs> Hollywood should take that advice too. Jeez. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I've noticed every movie these days. Oh, they're so, they're so even trash. action movies, even action so movies. Trash. Like it used to always be that, you know, good guy, there's bad, you know, you just look at diehard, right. And diehard is just like, I mean, it's cliche, but it is the perfect action movie. That's it's kind of, it's got, it's kind of a dumb premise, right? I mean, uh, it, you know, how would that really function? I don't, I don't know about that. Um, but you know the guy goes in there uh he's ha- he's struggling with a relationship uh he 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 does what he does because like he can't let his wife die basically uh and uh he saves the day and gets the girl and that from and the bad guy falls off a giant building like that's all you want right you uh, want. and these days i've noticed that there's a sort of uh i guess emasculation of even even the male heroes you go in and and you look and the guys don't get the girl at the end there's you know they 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 have a friendship and the girl you know either equally helped save the day or save the day even better than him and uh and it, it's really hard to watch so yeah
1: listen i like i like stories with strong female protagonists i think they're great stories you you know
0: can be but they they have to they have to be written as the characters are actual women right yeah and i think i do i think i do differentiate that in my von monocle story uh you know where where she's she's a uh she's she's a feisty girl uh, but at the end of the and, and she she can take charge and she can make decisions Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, you know, she's not going to go out there and go toe to toe with some like military dude who's all buff and and all that and and be able to just kick his ass because she's a girl. That doesn't make any sense. No, it it can't happen in real life. She has to do things from a feminine perspective that makes sense. And uh, that's that's what I attempt to convey with that. That, You know, I, I try to say I don't do a strong female lead. I do a feminine female lead. Uh, and that 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 makes a you know that it, it feels a little better at least to me so
1: yeah listen, it, I yeah. think it feels better to the vast majority of sentient human beings because <laughs> at, at the end of the day, what's happening in our society right now is unfortunately a result of of uh, you know a marxist uh, attack on the fundamental values of freedom. And what they're doing is they're attacking us where we're strong and they're making making it out to be that our society and what it stands for is bad. And listen, having a society where men are masculine and women are feminine uh, and men are out there going, creating uh, 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 the ability to provide for their families. That is the best thing. Does that mean women shouldn't go out there and, and work? Of course not. They should do whatever they want to do. But to to put down what men are and who men are is a horrible thing. And, 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 and it's it, it, it's basically a Marxist driven uh, worldview that's caused this to happen today. And in my opinion, it, it's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. And that's why stories. It's, like It's, yours it's books dangerous, dangerous
0: like yours, because, well, you it know, it, it sends it's it sends women into this, these perspectives where they, you know, women have strong suits, men have strong suits, women have weak points, men have weak points. But if you if you tell a woman a woman in every movie that you can you can go around as a five foot two, 120 and twenty pound person and uh and and you're going to be able to kick the butt of a two hundred pound muscular man who's trained in the military, uh, you're going to be yes. putting little girls in dangerous situations when they and they can uh, they can walk down the street uh you know in a in an urban neighborhood by themselves and don't need no man. Uh, they're, you know, they're they're going to get themselves into trouble, uh, and we're and I think we are seeing, you know, higher crime rates and things like that uh, as a as a result of that sort of thing. Uh, it just doesn't work. I mean, the the physical uh, aspects of women, it's just like, you, you know, you just look at tennis for whatever. You can't you can't throw like a Serena Williams against like a uh, Novak Djokovic. He's just gonna he's gonna overpower her every time. He's gonna crush her every time. Uh, and that's, that's the reason they don't play together. It just doesn't work. You can't throw a WNBA player against LeBron James, just will LeBron James will just destroy her every single time. Uh, and it's just because of the way that the body's made, it, it has not, it doesn't invalidate them by any means. Uh, but you know, there, there are strong suits and there are weak points. It's just 100%.
1: 100%. Listen, the best women's soccer team in the world is the U S women's national team. They are fantastic Mm -hmm. team. Right. Um, if you put them up against a college team of men just a college team i'm not even talking about the best men's team in the world i'm talking about a team of like 18 19 year old men they get killed they get killed yes um not because they don't have skills not because they aren't great but they're not nowhere near as strong or as fast as those men and if those men um use their superior strength and speed, they're going to be able to overpower them. And, and that, that's the truth. And I do agree with you. I think it's very dangerous to uh, put the wrong type of message out there because there, there are men out there who aren't good men. And, and frankly, when, when a woman starts uh, believing some of the hype that Hollywood has thrown her way and, and, and starts to mouth off to the wrong guy, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. You know, because some of those guys are, 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 are going to react and they're not going to react well. They're going to react by by attacking her. And that's and, not a good thing. The, and that, the, problem,
0: that, the problem with feminism is then they go, you're victim blaming. That's not the case, though. Uh, but, no, you know, we, no. we just want to make sure that that women don't get into that situation, don't hurt exactly. themselves because... i I, you know i I don't know about you but i just have the 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 drive to protect somebody uh, in that situation yeah i do too um but there are a lot of bad dudes and a lot of uh, bad dudes out there they're there i can't i can't i can't magically stop all of them with my willpower of of wishing that didn't exist so uh you know it's it's just part it's just a factor of life
1: No, you can't magically stop them with your willpower. And it's, it's, it's crazy that Hollywood's decided to go down this, this road. But having said that, there are a lot of filmmakers right now that are putting together uh, story concepts that are based on traditional values, traditional storylines. You know, bad guy, good guy, conflict, bad guy loses, good guy wins, good guy gets the girl type of story. And these yeah. stories are very popular.
0: Yeah, it's obvious. I, I was looking at that today. Uh, I mean, so Fast and the Furious Nine uh, is the first film to hit over five hundred million dollars since the pandemic, basically. Wow. And I went and saw it. Um, and you know, the, there, there's there's some there's some pretty stupid elements to that movie. Uh, you know, it, it's like there's a car and it, there's a point where there's a car and it gets caught on a vine and it swings. The car swings all the way across a chasm. Yeah, you know things like that just don't make sense, right? No, they don't. <laughs> but you know, it's it's funny though. It's fun. Uh, but at the end of the day, it still has that sort of uh, machismo attitude, uh, you know, with Vin Diesel and all that. That works, and uh, and more than that, you know, I mean, there, there's a whole meme of this right now, you know, with the like the family, right? Uh, you've, you've probably seen that going around where it's just Vin Diesel and something ridiculous happens, and that it's just <laughs> because family, right? Yeah. Um, that. And and that 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 really is the theme of the movie. And you know what, that, that really is true. You should, you should prioritize your family and life. And, uh, they, they definitely highlight that in the movie. They definitely have points in the movie where, where they all hold hands together and pray. Uh, and and they're very obviously Catholic in the movie. Uh, so it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of good elements to that, that just feel right. It feels like, yes, we can tell these are the good guys, and we could tell they're fighting the bad guys and uh and he does uh he does maintain his girl uh through nine movies so there you go
1: <laughs> you got to love that I love that but no there's yeah. there's some really good uh traditionally themed movies um Daily Wire which is Ben Shapiro's uh company is, and his conservative website they just got into the movie making business they uh released a movie called Run Hide Fight uh in fact I signed up to Daily Run Hide Fight so you Run, can Run Hide watch- Fight Yeah, you can watch that movie if you subscribe to Daily Wire's kind of annual um, uh, subscription membership, Uh, something like 180 bucks a year. You get all their, you know, their great premium uh, content. But I wanted to watch the movie. So I watched the movie and the movie uh, is about a young girl, a teenager whose school is taken over by a bunch of nihilists uh, who start shooting teachers and students. and. She's the good guy in this case, uh, and she goes and defeats the bad guy, but she's she's feisty and plucky, but she's decidedly a feminine woman as well, and it was a terrific story. It was a fabulous story. I really, really enjoyed
0: it. Oh, great. That's good to hear.
1: Yeah, and Amanda Milius, who I've become friends with, she's the daughter of the legendary John Milius. You know who he is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... She uh, worked in the Trump administration, and she made the documentary "The Plot Against the President" with Congressman Devin Nunez. And that was oh, one. Oh, I read that. That was
0: the best documentary. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. I was shocked at how much information. Yeah. Uh, and and just how how disgusting the FBI is, and and how many all people were complicit. so You have to watch this uh, for people. Yeah, who are... <laughs> I've, I,
1: I I've, I've watched yeah. a chunk of this, but she's been a guest on my show uh, twice, actually—one nice. for this show and one for. My Politic Crossing show, and um, Amanda is terrific. And we talked about how she loves it that Hollywood is shooting itself in the foot and adopting a horrible business model. It says more room for me to make movies because <laughs> you know you want seventy percent of the people not to watch your movies. Great, that gives me a built-in audience that's going to love my movies. And, and mm-hmm. it's the truth. It's the truth. So yeah, I'll, I'll send you her episode too. You'll really enjoy it. Amanda's terrific. Awesome. So, John, I'm looking forward to reading uh, the next batch of books that come uh, from the fertile and febrile mind of the one and only John Delarose. We'd like to end off each and every single one of our episodes by asking you, as our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps? These are your best pieces of advice that you recommend my listener take on to take their life, their dreams to the next level. So, what do you say?
0: All right. Uh, If you want to write, write every day, uh, make no excuses. So it's it's not just for writing too. Uh, I I made the dedication to get in shape over the last year because uh, you know a couple of years ago I, w- I was I was pretty chonky. I was feeling fat, and uh, that that slowed me down. It it wrecked my energy, and and it does have a lot of negative health effects. Uh, so I made the dedication that I was going to uh, lose all my weight and get myself in shape. Still so got about maybe eight pounds to go uh, to to be where I exactly want to be. Uh, but that's not that far off at this point. I I was 40 pounds to go uh, to start. Uh, but, but you make the commitment to do it every day. Uh, and once you do it every day for 21, 30 days, your brain gets in the habit of, you need to do this every day. Uh, so no matter what you're attempting to accomplish, whether that be writing, getting in shape or whatever, don't take a day off, do it every single day for 21 days. Uh, get yourself into that habit. Um, number two is be out there, uh, be, uh, be active on social media, make yourself a youtube channel uh make yourself a podcast uh get followers because you know nobody's going to do that for you nobody's going to magically discover your books one of the best books i read over the last 10 years is by a guy uh, his name is doug sharp and he's got it is for science fiction at least he's got central pain syndrome so he's got his his body his brain sends him a, a message basically that he's in pain all day long like sometimes he's just knocked out for days and he can't do anything well, he's a, he's brilliant, too. Uh, so he wrote this brilliant book, prose way better than I could ever write. And uh, it sold like 30, 40 copies. And it's just because he can't promote. He can't be out there. Uh, so you're not just going to just be magically found. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen. It's sad that life's like that. But you've got to put in the work right there also. Um, and number three, I don't know. Uh, number three is just have a good cover because everybody judges a book by its cover. That's, that's the darn truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, wow, wow. those are three great expert action stuff. So people want to buy your books. I know they can go on to Amazon and, and type in John Della Rose, but where else can they grab your books? Where else can they find out about the work that you do?
0: Sure. Um, I'm I'm on DeLaRose.com. That's my website. And I've got a newsletter uh, that I mentioned in the podcast earlier. You can get a free graphic novel from me and a free book from me uh, just for signing up. And uh, then Mm -hmm. I let you know about all my new releases whenever they come out. uh, So you can, you can find them that way. Uh, You know, uh, I, I, most of my sales are just Amazon just because it's easier that way. Uh, But if you message me or whatever, and you want a signed book or something, I can, uh, I can work out with you privately too. Just, just don't tell everybody. So I'm not overwhelmed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll take you up on that. I'd Mm -hmm. like a signed book. Thanks. Sure. Uh, That's awesome, man. Fantastic. So listener, John Delarose, a fan fantastic writer, a spectacular human being, and a man with true guts, real courage, who's putting out messages and themes that he believes in very deeply in in a wokest culture that is not very receptive to them. But the good news is that real human beings, once they're exposed to these messages, they're very receptive to John's messages. They're very receptive to his books. He's a brilliant writer. And if you believe as I believe, that great fiction ennobles the soul, do yourself a favor and pick up the entire John Delarose list Buy every single book he's ever written. Heck, even pick up a few comic books and read them because they're fun to read too. I bought a bunch of your comic books too, John. I really enjoy them. They're, they're, a, they're a ton of fun. And, and Lister, if Thank you're, you. you're very welcome. If you're thinking to yourself, wow, this, this is awesome. How do I Get myself out there like John is talking about. And here's how you do it. Number one is just get yourself out there. Go see people. Go talk to people. Get on social media. Do videos. Just do it. Don't wait. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Secondly, do us a favor. If the message that you heard in this podcast touched you, write a review for us. You know, leave us a rating. Let everybody know that you enjoy this. And if there's a friend of yours that needed to hear this message, share this episode with them, say, man, you got to check out this John Delarose dude, man, this cat is good. And that's what I want you to do, because when you pay it forward, you're going to help not just your friend by giving them something they need. You're going to help yourself because by doing something good, by giving, you attract the energy of giving. Okay. If you're a taker, you're going to attract the energy of taking you're a giver, you're going to attract the energy of giving. So just give, give the gift of this fabulous, fabulous episode and this fabulous show to people. Because remember, what we do here is we're all about freedom, free expression and free enterprise. And we can't do this without you. We can't do this without you taking leadership and standing up for freedom, free expression and free enterprise. So please leave us a rating, leave us a review and please share this with someone that needs to hear this. Okay, and if you want to find out about how You can take your business to the next level, add another 100 grand, 200 grand, 250 grand to your business this year. Go to ecircleacademy.com. There's a ton of free resources out there that you can take advantage of. Just go explore the site. They're all on the homepage. Click on the buttons as appropriate for you. Either download the free white paper or watch the, the free masterclass. Or if you're like kind of ready to move with velocity, apply to be on a free strategy call with us. We call them success calls, but you have the chance to apply to be on a free one. So make sure you fill out the application form. And uh, if everything checks out, we'll get on a call with you and we'll help you get to the next level in your life, in your business. And John, my man, it was a real honor to have you here. God bless you, brother. God bless you too. Thank you so much. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only John Delarose, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you listen to this podcast, be it on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you want to take advantage of all the free resources we offer to help you take your business to the next level, go to ecircleacademy.com and explore the site. Take advantage of all the great free resources that we offer. And until next time...